Welcome to Raspberry Tea Pod Chat. I'm Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Jo. <laughs> CCJ. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. Um, it's the ladies from Raspberry Tea. Ladies, can we call ourselves that, do you think? Do you? Go on, yes. yes. Can we show Let's be ladies. Technically we are, but I don't think I could be a lady if I tried. I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> so today's subject, today's subject is all about marketing and content and why content is so important for your marketing. So Claire's our marketing guru, Claire, and um, although she specialises in branding, she is perfectly qualified and able to help somebody develop a marketing strategy if that's where she wanted to take a business because she's got the experience and the qualifications to do that under your overall marketing strategy sits your content marketing strategy and obviously that's where joe and i come in from a word point of view and claire comes in from an imagery and branding point of view um i don't think people necessarily understand why content is fundamentally important from a strategic point of view i'm going to dominate this one if you two don't talk so just let me know when you want to interject because this is you know my little soapbox moment um lots of business owners look at social media and think it's free i can do it i can market my business and i'm going to get loads and loads of new customers and clients and it's not really the case um, because they don't think about consistency. And I've got to say, I was one of those people with images. I found it quite difficult to get imagery consistency into my head when I first started up Raspberry Flamingo. That side wasn't important to me because I concentrate on words. But then you suddenly realise that actually it's equally as important, if not more so, because imagery tends to be the things people recognize before they read the words um so yes do you two want to sort of butt in here and talk because otherwise i'll go on to why content is so fundamental to your pre-sales process etc etc i think i think you, you i agree with what you say i mean we, we talk about these things quite often because we're of the same mindset consistency is very important and like you said Imagery also is because the, there's a saying that's been around a long time that a picture speaks a thousand words, but it's got to be the right picture for your business. Like we speak in a certain way, you both know and you do it very well. You write in a certain way and you, you adapt your writing style for your customers and do it very well. You put personality in it or you take personally out, personality out and balance it if it needs to be more technical. You're really good at it and you get great results for your clients. The imagery equally... You can't be, uh, if, if you say you use bright, funky, fluorescent, really crazy patterns, when your business and your image tone should be calm and relaxed and bright, it might have got people in it, it might be light. So an image is, is, is just an, as important as the words that you use. This is why video has become an, an absolutely key part of content. And I think video is one of the places where people struggle because video you can't outsource. 
easily. Let's let's just be careful here because we did the other pod chat on video yeah, marketing and stuff. That, so. There's words, there's there's words, there's imagery, there's video. Uh, there's voice clips. Uh, part of your content marketing could be sending voice notes and voice messages in different ways. And pod chats. And pod chats, obviously. You, one of the easiest ways that you can maintain content output and consistency is by it being you. Because then it, it naturally fits with you. You're not trying to do something else that you're not. And it's finding the right way whether it be written word podcast audio or video it's the one that suits you best but that's also then got to match up with what your clients want to take in do they want to read do they want to listen do they want to watch so it's what it's it's all it's quite difficult to get together but once you've found your little niche if you like the way that works for you and whether you do something once a week once a day or something like that it's just finding the right thing that you can then do consistently it's interesting that we've got to this point actually because we've spoken in um a recent pod chat about my launching of my coaching business which is completely different to the marketing that i used to do for the body shop so on my social media the body shop was post 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 it just felt like it was almost you know, three or four times a day at points because there was so much information to get out there, so many products to to do testimonials on, to do videos on. And obviously, from a coaching perspective, it's not the same. The target audience, most of them have remained in my Facebook group, which I'm very, very thankful for. Um, But the content is so completely different. So I'm not going to post three or four times a day in my Midlife Clarity Club in the same way that I did for the body shop. Nor necessarily am I gonna do daft crazy videos where I could actually show the products. I will do videos, it is still me. Um, But there was a point that we were talking about offline earlier where I kind of lost my enthusiasm, I guess. And it wasn't me, was it Claire? We were saying, you know, in my Facebook group, it just wasn't me anymore. So I lost the thread of the content until now coming back round to me, when I do my videos and when I do my lives, which is the way that I will be doing many of them, the posts, it, it just feels like me. It's still me behind all of this. I think I think we need to go back a little bit, sort of step in this pod chat, because, you know, most people who are listening to this will know all the different forms of content you can put out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all out there. But... Why do you want the why do you want to put the content out there? And it's more than just getting new clients. Yeah. And it depends on the type of content. Your content has to educate people. Yeah. It also has to give them value. So you've got to split the type of content according to the message it's giving. Is it educational, like a blog? or a video might be, or is it just simply marketing? So it might just be a, a recommendation that you've you've taken and put on a post or something like that. So why do you want to educate your prospects? And, and that's the big key for me when it comes to your content creation. You want to educate them for a number of reasons. You want to educate them so that they want to work with you. Yeah. 
they will want to work with you if you have told them all about your subject area, your product, your service, whatever it is. They will want to work with you if you have identified what they, they are going through and why they need your service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in marketing terms, that's called pain points, but it could be problems. It could be, depending on what it was, it could be a health problem. It could be a business problem, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they need to see you as the expert. Yeah. They also need to identify with you, particularly if you're a small business owner, if it's not with you, they need to identify with your brand. They need to feel comfortable that you are the right person or company for them to go to. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've we've done a pod chat on me, <laughs> me not liking video, <laughs> but it is actually really important. And your imagery of yourself or of your staff or whatever it might be is equally important. Um, and I think photographers have a big part to play in this because you know I've had companies call me for work and when I've said how did you find me mm-hmm. and they said well we came across your website not sure how um we like the look of you you're a bit different yeah. or you know people like raspberry flamingo because it apparently it sounds like a cocktail bar um there's lots and lots of reasons that people find you. You know, somebody said, I follow you on social media. Yeah, I see your posts and I just like what you do. Um, so people will come to us for lots of different reasons and it, they identify us with us for lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Depending on your business, your pre-sales... That, that point from inquiry to actually signing that person up or making that purchase can be quite lengthy. Yeah. And it can be quite time-consuming for you as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting content out there that answers all the questions they've got and tells them about that pre-sales time, they know what to expect. Yeah. It's cutting down your process time. It's cutting so down your... qualified Yeah. Yeah. become pre-qualified that know what to expect yeah. so there's lots of different reasons for content and I think the other thing you've got to bear in mind as Claire touched on it's not really about us that's why I hate doing video but I am doing video mm-hmm. because some people prefer to watch video yeah. than read an article yeah. some people prefer to read than watch video i will never listen to a video but i'll watch one if it's got subtitles yeah it's you and your subtitles is a key thing isn't yeah. it so i just think we have to be very aware of different learning styles and different preferences over how people consume our content yeah. i think that comes into as well what platforms you're on because you don't need to be on every platform so, you need to be on the ones that are right for your clients. That's just what I was going to say. So where do your ideal clients, your prospective clients, where do they hang out? Where will you find them? What they're looking for um, is, is absolutely crucial. Yeah. If, if, you know, if your business has got longevity and it's going to be around for a lot, lots and lots of years mm-hmm. and the current... 18 to 24 year olds or whatever are going to move into your 
target market at some point, you not only need to be where your clients are now, but you need to be starting to educate and drip feed into those earlier years yeah. where they might need your service. So for example, Joe, you know, although you will work with any age group, you are midlife clarity coach. Yeah. But actually, people who are that little bit younger than that, it's worth getting in their face every so often mm. so they know about you, so yeah. that they think about you if something happens. Yeah. So across the, the social media, I guess Facebook is my primary. Instagram, um, and I hate to say it, but even some might be on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, and I'm cringing at that point because... Yeah. Actually, a lot of your current age clients would be on Clubhouse. Yeah, and I I need to consider Clubhouse. I, I really do need to consider Clubhouse. I can't, I can't do Clubhouse. It's, it seems to have gone up and down, doesn't it, and all over the place. But my ideal clients as well could potentially be on LinkedIn yeah. if they're coming out of the corporate arena and or thinking about coming out of corporate or a business that they're already running themselves and they're struggling with and they need that clarity. So I kind of do need to spread myself <laughs> nicely. Um, I just said Facebook and LinkedIn were your primaries. I would say yeah. that as well. I say Clubhouse is a, a relatively new platform in comparison and it may have the legs to stand and stay around, but the existing platforms like Twitter have launched comparative uh, tools within its platform that match what Clubhouse are doing. So I don't know if it's going to be one of the ones that comes and goes or it stays around, but an audio drop-in sort of uh, way of learning or getting content does seem to be going to stay because some of the bigger platforms have brought in the capability to do it as well as Clubhouse being the new kid on the block. I just find the fact that you know, you can't record a session on Clubhouse. You can't, it's dead as soon as the call, the room's finished. I don't know. I, I, it's very, it's like on demand and instant, isn't it? It's yeah. Like kind of a, I, I like the fact that sometimes with content, like if you're not there to watch a live, then the video's online so you can catch it later. Because exactly. fortunately, not all content that you want or need is put out at the time when you can take it in. Yeah, I mean, now, particularly with the pandemic and Zoom, the, the things, the, the benefits that Zoom has brought and people are accepting of it, aren't they? Which yeah. means that there are pod chats, there are Zoom meetings, there are webinars that are going out from all across the world at all different times. But there is always a link that you can get onto. And like, I think that's, that's the key thing. I mean, look at TV. On demand is probably now and... and, and things like Disney Plus and Netflix and Prime where you just choose what you watch, want to watch when you want to watch it yeah. I don't know I can't remember the last time I watched anything on normal scheduled TV yeah. I honestly can't remember the last time we had normal TV on yeah. um, it just doesn't happen in this house I think the last things we watched actually I'm lying and I didn't watch them on the TV I watched them on the phone were through the pandemic when they were doing the press conferences yeah what was going on i recently I, I watched line of duty and that was really bloody frustrating because you had to wait a week to watch the next one yeah and i'm used to going well i've got three hours tonight i can watch three episodes or oh, go on i want to know what happens next and you sneak a fourth one in 
Yeah. I, I like on-demand TV. It suits yeah. me. I choose what I want to watch. But that's that's the whole point, isn't it? And that's what people need to think about on the content. Yeah. You know, everybody goes on about what's the best time of day to post. There isn't a bloody best time of day to post, yeah. you know? Yes, you obviously, if, for example, if you wanted to target tradesmen, they're going to be out working through the day. Yeah. Early morning or evening is very obvious. Yeah. Better time to post than at 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning. And, you know, it depends on your audience, but at the end of the day, it's hit and miss. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Because, I mean, so I've got 388 people currently in my Facebook group. I put a post out early morning a couple of weeks ago, not early, early morning, but mid morning. And I think there were 54 views. It had, it had hit 54 within, say, 20 minutes, half an hour. And I thought, well, you know, I was quite happy with that, considering as a, you know, an overall percentage. 244 by the end of the day. Yeah. And it is absolutely right. If the content is there, your audience want it, they will go in and look. And I know that there are at least half a dozen that are straight on my posts the minute yeah. I post something. You know, I've got, I have got really great support and I am so fortunate with that. and I am grateful for it. But there are people that are on there absolutely the minute it goes out. But again, you know, groups on Facebook used to be the ideal thing to have because everybody saw every post. Yeah. They've changed the algorithm. Yeah. Everybody doesn't see every post anymore. Yeah. And for me... Facebook are just making it more and more difficult. I mean, I have no idea what Instagram bloody algorithm is because I see things from days before that come up. I you don't, know what I mean? I don't get that at all. But with groups on Facebook, used to be guaranteed everybody would get a notification that something had been published in that group. And it, it doesn't happen now. And it's it's all them pushing us towards paid ads and paid groups yeah. and, and things like that. I get why they're doing it. But you've got to bear in mind that not everybody's going to see everything. Yeah. And so there is nothing wrong with republishing some same content a week or two later because different people might see it. Yeah. No, to me, it's, it's repurpose your content. I was just going to say that lovely word that we repurpose. love. Repurpose. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I find absolutely amazing is that if you get 10,000 subscribers to your YouTube channel out of the billions of YouTube channels there are I think I'm right in saying it's billions now if not it's hundreds of millions mm -hmm. you are in the 10 top 10 percent of YouTube channels wow it only takes 10,000 subscribers be in the top 10% of YouTube channels, that's going to earn you some significant amount of advertising money. Claire, get your video game sorted. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I don't think so. Raspberry Flamingo YouTube channel. I, don't no, I know you don't like them, but your videos are really good. I just, I just don't like having them out there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I can watch one back and go, yeah, I'm happy with that. 
but I still don't like having them out there. I, I don't know what it is. We've done this in another podcast. I, know, it's not no, no, I, I just have this thing your, about videos. Your videos are really good. They're really valuable. And I guarantee that anybody that watches them will learn something from them. So they're worth Thank watching. you very much. It's like the ones I've put on my website. I've done social, I've edited the end bit so that I can use them on social media. I've not done, put them out there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, of things that come in the way, Claire. Yes. So, move into website content slightly because, you know, in a sense, the website is the shop window to anybody's business, whether it be what I class as a brochure website where you're not actually selling anything on it or asking people to do anything other than contact you. Um, or whether it's a very functional website that delivers training or sells products or whatever it might be. Website content is the one thing that most people get wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's why we make so much money writing it. Uh, <laughs> you, what people get wrong on their website is they write about what they want to, write about what they think target audience should know about their business and very often that's not what people are interested in and you know a big thing for a lot of companies is qualifications accreditations and insurances and they are incredibly important to running those businesses thing is your clients assume you've got them they don't actually want that on the home page rubbing in you know what I mean ramming down the throats have it on your about page or something like that, mm-hmm. but you don't actually need it on the home page. A lot of websites I see, I mean, imagery, Claire, you can talk about in a second, but a lot of them, you get onto the home page and you don't actually know what they do. And you don't know actually who their service is for. Yeah. Because they talk about, there, I, I, for example, and I hope if you listen, ever listen to this, um, so you'll forgive me. I reviewed a homepage of somebody who's got a piece of software, and their aim is to work with e commerce businesses. Now, if it had have been an American piece of software aimed at big corporates, homepage and the terminology used on it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. because it's it, you know if you go on to I don't know somewhere like HubSpot or give me another big one a big piece of software that people loads of people subscribe to Sprout Social yeah any of those big big you know global pieces of software read like that Mm-hmm. not as though it was there to have and it's really really there to make things very very simple for e-commerce businesses in one area of their work but the terminology just didn't say that mm-hmm. you for me subscribe to that I would have just gone no I'm not big enough yeah you know what I mean and think this is the issue people don't think about their target audience they think about how they want their business to appear yeah it doesn't actually matter how you want your business to appear it's how it needs to speak to the person for example raspberry flamingo immediately says we work with small businesses mm-hmm. 
because while we, whilst we could write copy and content for globals, and we have, our aim is to help small businesses grow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think website copy is one thing that people get very, very wrong. What about imagery on websites, Claire? I think the, the most common thing that most businesses get wrong on websites is they, they don't put enough on because they don't know what images to put on. They, they also use stock images. The mm. amount of times I've seen that goddamn water droplet Im image <laughs> on hundreds of websites because it's very ambiguous. It, it could mean anything, so businesses use it. And you think, well, what does that say to your customers about your business? Does it fit? Are you a plumber? Do you deal with leaks? No. Well, that's to me, that's the main place you could use it. Or you may be a spa and you might have got... I don't I know. Say it's well used. Yeah. So you, you use an image that lots of people are using. So because it's popular, but then you're just making yourself look the same as everybody else. And it's almost making it look as if they can't be bothered to find their own or do their own. Yeah, you, you just you need to put yourself in your customers' shoes and what 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 opinion are they gonna form by seeing what you're showing them? So if you're the same as 10 other companies. How are you different? Why are they going to pick you? It's going to make it harder for you to make them or to help them make that choice to come to you. Uh, another one is people using images of their products or the things that they do. Now, if you're working in a very, say, technical or trade type business, the customers don't actually care what does the job. They want the end result. What's the benefit to them? So you're building a house. Don't show the footings. Don't show the digging the foundations and all the muck everywhere. You want to show a timeline, perhaps, that we started then, we did this, we did this, we did this, we built it, we cleaned up after ourselves and we took all the rubbish away because it's unbelievable how important that is. Mm -hmm. Building work I'm having going on at home, the plasterers, they cleaned, they hoovered, they took all the rubbish away. Every day they were here. The two guys that came to fit my new kitchen lino floor, they left all the shit in the corner. I was like, what's all that about then? But that that tiny, tiny little detail could make a massive difference to a customer. So I think that they're the main things on images, using the same as everybody yeah. else when you, you, you can't quite find, or maybe image is not your area of expertise, not your strong point. Using things that the customers don't care about, showing the wrong detail of the job. Customers want the result, the end result. What's it going to be like really comfy and in this nice new big house with the bifold doors and a garden and everything? Not how you built it. I've got to say, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. The number of, I follow quite a lot of trade accounts and things like that on, on Instagram and Facebook. And the number of partway through photos you see. Mm -hmm. They've got a series of photos, say they're on Instagram, but they start with the before, not the after. And to me, I always want to see the after first, Nick, to say after on it. Yeah. Yes. So that I know then as I'm looking through the photos that that's how you got there. I mean, one, 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 <laughs> I saw this morning on, I saw it on Facebook first and it was a decorator. Nothing was decorated. And yet it said the products they'd used. And I was like, but that's just bare wood. That's not 
what are white I don't get this then I saw on Instagram and the final photo on Instagram was actually the finished product with the, mm-hmm. with the paint on but on Facebook they forgot to put that image on so that threw it out completely but I want the the, the, the trades companies I know are doing exceedingly well mm-hmm. through social media only post completed images yeah. post partway through or the transition photos they just post the finished product um now I do think there's an exception to that so I think you can do an awareness raising campaign particularly for things like electric so how to look for scorch marks and if you see this you know it's wrong type of thing there's an awareness bit Mm -hmm. but people what like Claire's just said people want to see the benefits they don't want to see how you do it people aren't interested People, it's like your new business, Joe. People are not going to be interested that you're using NLP. No. Couldn't give a crap whether you're using LP, CBT, AFT, whatever it is. They just want to get through it. CBT, XYZ. Have you ever, Claire, have you ever had a client say to you, what software are you generating my branding logo in? Never. Exactly. People don't care. People just don't care how you do it. They know they've got a a problem and they want the problem solved. And that's it. So if you focus your content on how you're going to do something or you've got insurance or that you've got qualifications, nobody gives a crap. No, it's just time wasting, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not building your reputation in any way at all. Now, I'm not, as I said before, educational content is gold. Yeah. But you don't need to go into the nitty gritties of how you do something. Yeah. If you're going to do that, do it as a case study and yeah. give people the option to read it. Yeah. Or if you are going to train or coach other people that also do what you do, that's when you need to go into the how and the what you use. Yes, that's, but that's a very specific. Wouldn't that be opinion. within a course or something as opposed to a social media post? Possibly, possibly or you might be attracting, you might be trying to attract an audience through a content marketing campaign. Yeah. yeah. For, yeah. for example, I, I'm in a few groups where there's other designers and they're teaching people how to develop their design business. And it's very, very specific for yeah. that audience. And I know you've got some courses about training other copywriters. Yeah. Yeah. But ge- general business, no, yeah. I totally agree with you. The customer yeah. cares about the result. Now, some may ask you how, so there's yes. nothing wrong with recording the how, whether you want to use a case study or at some point you might want to expand your website and you quite often, that's why you do blogs. It's about putting fresh content on your website. Case studies is another example of doing that. So there's nothing wrong with taking all the photos of before and after on your jobs. But just bear in mind that the customers, if you, for example, if you say a roofer or a, a, a pattern concrete drive installer, the neighbours and the people around there will look at the end. They won't look at you digging the drive up at the beginning. They'll come by, look at the end and go, oh, did that for you? Where did you get them from? So, yeah, have an airboard or something on the road or a banner on your scaffolding if you're roofing. Yeah. So when people see the end result, they know who's done it. And the important thing as well, you know, thinking about your online content and marketing, 
at the end of the day, it's, it's all linked to Google. Everything goes back to Google, doesn't it, at the end of the day, you know, and your SEO, your search engine optimization. And what every business online is looking for is to be found in organic searches so they don't have to pay for advertising. Yeah. So your, your SEO is absolutely vital and your web developer or whoever it is you're using is the expert on the technical SEO. The off-page SEO is really, really straightforward for you to control yourself. That is your entries into online directories. And don't ever think, because you're not going to pay, it's not worth putting a, a line in a directory because those directories are huge. Mm -hmm. So you are getting a link from a huge website to your website, and that's a massive tick for Google. Yeah. And when you think about Google My Business, a lot of people don't understand the benefit of having a Google My Business account. Mm -hmm. Having a Google My Business account is 25% of your overall SEO. Wow. 25% just for having a Google My Business account. You've got to have one. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep it up to date. But the important thing with your website, all the directories you're on, all your social media accounts, is that what, what Google call your NAP, your name, address and phone number, are identical on all of them. Yeah, because we struggled with that, didn't we, at the start? Yeah. So don't, don't, you know, if I put Raspberry Flamingo on some and then I put Raspberry Flamingo copywriting and content marketing on some, yeah. they're different and we wouldn't get ranked highly by Google. Mm -hmm. So make sure your name, address and phone number are absolutely identical on everything you put it in and put it into as many directories as you can. Yeah. Your on-page SEO is, is Joe and my specialisation. And a lot of people think that your web developer is responsible for your SEO. Yes, it, there is a back-end technical SEO. But at the end of the day, what you've got to think is, why is somebody going to contact you or buy from you when they find your website? Mm -hmm. It's because of what's on it. Yeah. not the technical stuff behind it mm -hmm. so your on-page SEO is just as important as your technical SEO because you want people to respond to your website not just read it and go away again so yeah content's massive isn't it it is massive and I think like I say some of what we've talked through might not be so obvious for some of the people who are listening now as Claire said right at the very start, there are errors that, that business owners make because they're simply not aware of the importance of the content and the imagery and the combination of the two. Um, so, yeah, if it, it's clear when you hear both Claire and Claire discussing their specialist areas, how in-depth it can get. So, you know, we're always here for you to come to us and we can discuss it till the cows come home really can't we because there's lots to talk about it's not as easy as you might think um but you're not out there on your own really. yeah, and and realistically if anybody does have questions please just drop them into the comments on the face raspberry tea pod chat facebook page um and we'll be only too happy to help because this is our specialization and getting your content right, whether it's on your website, whether it's on an A-board, whether it's your branding, um, 
imagery or words, it doesn't matter. Um, it helps your business grow and it will help your business grow probably more than any other element of business, of marketing. Yeah, even the three of us, we're all at different stages. Um, you know, with my new business coming out, Claire's got the qualifications, the, she's got the the background in one area, Claire Taylor has it in a different area, all three of us together. Quite a good combination, really, isn't it? There's not a lot we can't handle, is there? <laughs> so that was a very, very business-related pod chat. And ladies, do you think it's time for a brew? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.